Good Show. Good podcast. Subscribe to podcasts of Good Show at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590 The Fan. On demand. Going in for the shot. The shot It's game day. Set for the Leafs and Avalanche. John Tavares with a hat trick. This is the Leafs Morning Skate. Mitch Marner snaps it home. On Sportsnet 590, the fan. Well, it's no snow day for these guys. Mike Sigamanis and uh, Andre DeVoe joining us. Would this Jeff be, in the Leafs Morning Skate. Would this be a beach day in Winnipeg, Jeff? Oh, we would call this July 14th. <laughs> <laughs> this is Canada Day in Winnipeg, man. Just stop snowing long enough that we can have our fireworks. I waited in my car long enough uh, just to see if we would cancel. Uh, yeah, the, I was the, waiting too. Look I was, at I was you. Hoping. You got your you got your like combat yeah. fatigues on. You got your army boots. You've got it's your my camo pants. You, you got your you know. Hey, Navy, I never chirp you for top. what you wear in the studio. Like, well, yeah, because I'm dressed like a fat 58 year old guy. Well, I, I feel yeah. a little disrespected. I saw him yesterday in Hockey Central. He's wearing a nice suit, and then he comes in here looking like this today. I, yeah. I feel a little disrespected. Hey, I, I can't wear all my good stuff all the time. You gotta <laughs> save. You gotta save it for the. You gotta save it for the right days. Oh my gosh! You got practice after this, right? Yeah, UFT made the playoffs. Congratulations! Oh how many? Gosh. How many teams made the playoffs? Eight. How many teams are there in the league? That's not important. <laughs> There's eight teams in the league, isn't there? We made the. They didn't make the playoffs last couple of years. We okay. made the playoffs. The boys worked hard. Yeah. We got Ryerson in the first round. Ooh. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm expecting to see you at one of those games. Not a chance. <laughs> Sorry, man. Not a freaking chance. Goes to show you, coaching is a little overrated. Hey. Coaching staff worked hard too. Did they? Right? Yeah. How are your special teams? But it, which is going to really be a segue. Good. We segue. were really good. Really? Yeah. Really good. All right. Penalty, penalty kill was good. Power plays dropped off a little bit lately. All right. But but solid. Who well, else is who else is power play? Have we, you ever we, had, haven't, we haven't been struggling like other teams' power play, I should say. Have you ever had a game where you've you've, you've seen a power play of 23 or 27 shots against a goaltender and not score? Like, that was that was an outrageous number of shots on a goal. I've Saturday. seen it, but you'd rather that than no chances. Yeah, but yeah, at some point you got to say, hey, we got to bury our chances too. And then, yeah, but <laughs> you there's going to be times during the year your power play is not going to be going. If it's not going, it can't slow you down in the game. Mm. Five need, and five, it can't slow you. You down. need momentum from your power play. Okay. It did that. They threw over fifty shots at this guy. Sometimes okay. you just gotta tip your cap too. You know, that's the NHL goalie steal games sometimes. Gorgiev played well. Yeah, he played really well. I I it's like the chances. Yeah. It's a great old school name. He's a young. I mean, it's you, a great old you school saw, name. You saw Lundqvist give him the puck at the end of the game. Was that maybe the? Passing the torch? Passing no. the torch? No. no. Lundqvist is not done? No, the, he's the king. King's king's not done, though. The king says he's done. Gorgiev looked good. And yeah. I, I liked the game from the Leafs. I didn't like the first shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I the think, one where they gave up three shots and a goal in 28 seconds? Well, you just... <laughs> you, just well, you're in a back That's to, hard to do, by the way. Well, you're in a back-to-back -back game. It's tough to kind of get into them. You, you have guys that... Well, you're not having pregame skate. Yeah. So you got some guys that will sleep in till 11, mm. get breakfast in bed. I used to love doing that. I mean, there's some guys that probably didn't get out of bed till 3 p.m. and just <laughs> walk over to the rink. I've seen that before. 
<laughs> You've done that, Ziggy. Who are you kidding? I would, I've done it once. Yeah. <laughs> it being in New York City, I wonder if it'd be out of the question that there'd be guys that got off the plane, go to one of their favorite places, and actually didn't get into their hotel room that, until eight. That didn't happen. Because I would do that. That this yeah this group this group wouldn't do that. Uh, I, Maybe I like that's the problem. No, it's it's definitely not the problem. That's not this. They'd group. be more likely to bring their Xboxes and play Fortnite all night in the hotel. This group, I think. I think that that part of the game's changed a little bit. Yeah, th- yeah. That this isn't that group. Yeah. But yeah, they stayed close to Madison Square Garden. I liked their game. It was good that they, I think, got scored on in their first shift because it kind of woke them up a little bit. The mm-hmm. alarm went off, and then they they played great through uh, the rest of the game. The uh, Leafs will play the Colorado Avalanche tonight, and we'll have Leafs Nation postgame with Stelic and Savard after the final whistle on Sportsnet 590. They fan the Leafs starting there. I don't call it a Western road trip. They've got three games out west. Uh, of course, beating Montreal on Saturday in overtime, uh, losing to the Rangers on Sunday in a game they did everything. I, I don't know how much more you could do to, to win that game. I well, you could score. would help. But... Um, Phones off, please. Sorry, sorry, guys. Is that sorry. yours or mine? That's not mine. It's mine. Sorry, guys. Is this I'm, your first? I, I, is this your first time on the show? I'm just popular. Okay. The, uh, but we uh, look. We we do. We still have to talk about the power play. It was not good against Montreal. Um, and and statistically, it there has been a drop off every month from November to December to January to February. There has been there has been a decrease in the power play. What do you do now? I, 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 you know, I mean, they've, they've juggled some, they've juggled it around a bit. I mean, you've put Janssen out there, you've had Muzzin out there at different times as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little, I was a little concerned, guys, when, you know, hearing Sunday about, you know, the Leafs had this meeting about their power play with Jim Hiller, their coach, and it was kind of like a no holds barred thing. And, it's February tenth, February 9th. Shouldn't that sort of a thing thing have already happened? Like what I guess what I'm saying is what precipitated what was it about Montreal that led the team to say, okay, we gotta sit down and hash this out. Well, some, Mike. Something happened on the bench and I didn't see it live and right. I heard about it actually the next day. Um and really watched it yesterday. And I don't think it was as heated as people are saying, but it's definitely, I, I don't say it was that positive of a conversation. Between Mike Babcock and uh, and, and, and uh, Jim Hiller. Hiller, their offensive coach. Yeah, and that's, I mean, any kind of disagreement you have in your coaching staff, you, you have enough downtime in your room, you'd like to get those hammered away, and that's something we talk about at U of T. It's nothing on the bench, nothing in front of the guys. We sort it out in the coach's room. And then we go with the United plan, and that's what most teams do. But when things aren't going well, you get frustrated. That that can happen sometimes. I don't think it was as bad as people were saying or looked because mm-hmm. it didn't look good. But I've seen coaches fight on the bench before. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I, I've thinking back off the top of my head, I could remember like 10 times, you know, coaches arguing on the bench. And I, I think it happens more than people realize. It's just you don't always see it. It's just now you have speculation. Yeah, everybody wants to know what they talked about. Well, it's, could, it's it's obvious. I mean, all the, these last few games, they should have been. They should, you know, the ones even they won shouldn't have been close. If the power play scores a couple goals, but they're a lot closer, and the, they have to grind one out, and then they lose the other day because the power play isn't going. So obviously, there's some 
some frustration so, there. So they weren't talking about the shrimp scampi they had the night before? No, I don't think so. We, we saw some things during that game. You know, we saw some, some, uh, some stuff. Yeah, I even took notes during that game, eh? We you saw, took notes? I took, wow. I took a, I took wow, a ton of notes. Wow, we're getting serious in here now. Uh, I, I, it seemed as if there were, there, there were a few, there was a different look in terms of some of the passes we saw, uh, some of the seam passes. But, you know, what, to me it still gets back to, they don't have a guy who can just wind up. And I understand the game's changed now and guys are going to block shots. But, man, they're still not – they don't have anybody who's just going to wind up from the point. It's tough. And, and crush it. It's tough when you have that much skill and they've been that successful this year with what they've had. Yeah, and what they, they have, they have the shot from Matthews. You have the seam pass through both ways. Mm-hmm. You've got downloaded Tavares backdoor. You've got Kadri in the bumper in the slot. When you have those plays and they're working and they had the best power play in the league for months to start the season, it's difficult to go to a shot, which I like. When things don't go well, you unload from the middle as hard as you can. When you Mm -hmm. don't have the middle, you put it down to your half wall, your flanks, guys that sit next to Riley. right. Right now it's your Marner and Matthews in that first unit. When that's not available... It's either the shot from the side or it's a high tip. And then you get your other half wall guy and your guy in front of the net. You get two guys going to the net and that's it. It's literally that simple and that complicated though at the same time. And, but like I said, it's, you have that much skill. It's tough to do that because a lot of those shots that go on net, what if they, nothing comes of it, goes in the corner, they ice the puck. And then you're thinking, well, we pull in the words in that deflected yeah, up and into the crowd, and then, and then yeah, yeah, they get the change, and then the puck goes down the ice. You lose a draw. So that's that's the. I think you're bang on with the puck. Uh, sorry, the uh, the success early sometimes hurts you. It gets you into kind of like a robot mode when you have a couple plays and they go in a lot. You know, you go down to Tavares. That's what you kind of look for all the time. But I don't know. I I, I find the. I find it too stagnant. I find everybody's in their little position and and nobody really uh, moves around. I would like to see the top rotate a bit, especially since Matthews plays a strong side. I would like to see if, if, you know, that you have a couple looks that way. And then I would like to see, you know, maybe Marner come over the top and Matthews come, uh, you know, come to his one-timer side, make somebody make a decision. Then you might have some seam passes back door. You might have, uh, you know, I, I just think everybody's standing still all the time, and I think that's a recipe for disaster when teams know what few plays you're going to try to do. Yeah, and and I, I like that I like that idea as well. You want to shoot, but you want movement, and there's different plays you can make with your three guys up top. He can come around the side. Your t- guy from the side, the, the half wall comes across the top, get the moving, but penalty killers, they, the last three, four weeks, they're playing them really well. You have to give credit. Well, it's obvious. It's, it's, I think we said this on the show before. I mean, it's very uh, predictable what their plays are. Uh, You know, I I think there's a, some, I don't want to say a lack of creativity, but uh, there's, there's, it's been a while since I've been like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. You know, where you're, where you're watching the game and you're like, wow, I did, wow, what a great play. You know, personnel, personnel wise, Andre, is there something else? they can do is there i i see i was a big believer like you know in the so in the ahl for me mm-hmm. i was always on like i was on some of the best power plays in the league the one year in chicago we we're number one and and uh uh 
we always had really good the best power plays I've been on, we had good competition where if, if one wasn't, you know, there's kind of a parity between mm-hmm. both power plays. And if the one power play wasn't going, the, the other one was, became the starter. Yeah. And so it, it made some in-house competition where, you know, if we went two power plays without scoring, we knew like, oh, this is our last chance. If we don't get one yeah. here, you know, the other line starting next if game. You were, and this is the thing. And I'll let you finish because yeah. I want you to continue. But even if you guys were doing all the right things, but you weren't scoring, getting lots of shots on goal, getting opportunities, it didn't matter. If you weren't scoring, the other unit was going to. Well, it, it, let's. That's be, how you're measured. Is yeah, what but you're let, saying, let, right? let, let, let's be honest. I mean, they would have won that game in New York with a couple power play goals, yeah. you know? So, so that at the end of the day, you got to go with what works. And th- this is, you know, it's not panic mode because. The the one year we ran at thirty percent all year, but we still we still went, uh, um, you know, we we had a seven game slump where we didn't score a power play goal. This is normal for power plays. You're supposed to a good power play, a great power play is at twenty five percent. You're scoring once every four times, you know. So I I, I just think uh, they're getting chances. That's the main thing, and these guys are going to score. But I get nervous going forward. You know, when they get into a, a, a series against somebody, mm. these teams are going to dissect every play they've ever made on the power play. And I just like to see some some movement that's, and some creativity that uh, I haven't seen yet. That's what really concerns me. Yeah. And when you talk about your second unit, it is important to have two good units going. And if your first unit is going to be a puck moving, seam pass, extra pass power play, your other unit has to have a little different look it's got to simplify gotta be, get yeah it to the you, you want it you want a shooting power play I like that second unit especially if you have a lot of skill on the first and as hard as i've been on nylander since he's returned to the leafs mm-hmm. he has been playing better and there's a there's some hints of 2017 in there and that was a huge goal he scored in montreal but at the same time the when he goes out there and the first unit is struggling that second unit has to pick up the socks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And absolutely. if you look at his game on there, well, one, he misses the net. It goes down the ice. Yeah. You can't miss the net on the power play, especially wide. The second thing he did, coming through the neutral zone and entry, giving the puck away, it gives the penalty kill some confidence. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. puck recovery. Losing draws. I think puck recovery is the biggest thing on a power. The the best power plays I've been on um, or I've seen is puck recovery is the number one thing. You know, you you try something, it doesn't work, but you're able to get the puck back really quick to try something again. I can't mention this enough. If you're the Toronto power play, you have to look at Tampa Bay. You have to look at the best teams in the league. And I talk about them all the time, but they're very comparable. Hedman, Kucherov, Point. Stamkos, watch when they, they lose a puck. They go after yeah. it like gangbusters. And they, they get it back most of the time. That, that's it's, what's so impressive. I would love to see a stat on that. Like this is their puck recovery on the power play because it's, it's impressive. This isn't a bottom six, fourth mm-hmm. D-man shooting tough guy on the ice for a second unit. This is one of the best power plays in the league week to week, all year. And they go after it. They, It's the fourth line mentality when they're on the ice on the power play. And that is the biggest thing. So whether you're a top five unit, great players, or you're just a second unit, what's make what makes you successful is just that grit to go down low. It's it sounds simple, but not everyone can do it. 
And Toronto's not doing that right now. And that's the biggest thing I see. Well, you know, I look at the, the stats. The two best power plays in the NHL, at least going into last night's game, were Tampa Bay and Boston. Like, it seems to me that you look at the teams in this division. Montreal's power play is awful. Toronto's a scuffling right now. That's the thing that's separating the best teams, the best team in this division, Tampa Bay, from a lot of from the other teams is the fact that their power play is so good. But what also, and this is to your point about the playoffs, if you run into Tampa Bay in the playoffs, you're going to face a team that right now has got an 85% success rate. If we're talking penalty kill, if we're like, if you want to get around that, if you want to mention the playoffs, you don't. This is a very big problem. I know I'm being positive with okay, the chances, momentum. If the playoffs start now, this is a really big a problem. Huge problem. And that's why they're having that meeting, they're, they're okay. meeting Sunday. Let's but, figure this out. Because if the playoffs started right now, Tampa Bay and Boston's power play are going, you're, you cannot win in a seven-game series. It's but, just not going to happen. But that goes to, like, other points earlier we've made where this team, that, that's how this team wins. They, they don't win game. They win games by scoring. They win five. Four, and, yeah, exactly. Five and five, they, yeah. That's the way they win. And that, that's what gets me scared for them in playoffs is going against I don't think they're going to be able to outscore all three teams where they might have to go you know where, whether it's uh, Boston whether it's Washington whether it's Tampa Bay all have sick power plays so let's say it's a wash you, you know for both teams you're going to have to find another way to beat them and I haven't seen a lot of different ways the Leafs you know Anderson stolen a couple games but there hasn't been a solid you know, defensive game where I'm like, wow, the Leafs got lucky there. They they really played really good defense to, you know, every game's been, you know, 6-5, 5-4. And, and, you know, that's what kind of makes me cringe a little. But who knows? Sometimes the, the planets align and, and you could outscore. You, you Your power play could be better than the other power play in a series. So but I, I, Let's just move on a bit with the, the game against the Avalanche coming up. Um, Tyler Ennis is healthy again. Our boy Tyler Ennis. I love him. Tyler Ennis. Get him in there. Healthy again. Yeah. <laughs> Over who? Well, the fourth I, line's playing well. Yeah. This has been Frederick Gauthier's best run, I think. He's, he's playing he's great. He's, he's been playing it's down low, playing hanging really on the well. puck. And I thought that, you know what, that game against, and I made this point earlier today, it's, it's not like, I don't think it's necessarily earth-shattering, but that Montreal game on Saturday... There were a lot of turning points, and obviously when you have an overtime game, Tavares' goal, that's big and all that. I thought the first shift that the fourth line had after Montreal took the lead, you saw Gauthier go down in the corner. Yep. He threw two body checks. He was in front of the goal on one of the goals. I thought that, that that first period, the fourth line stopped the Canadians' momentum, and by the end of the game, I don't know if you guys noticed it, the Canadians' fourth line had been benched. Like the, you can't, you can't play them against them. Toronto's fourth line played Montreal's fourth line literally off the ice. That's a Tampa Bay. Well, that's why they made that trade. That's mm. a Tampa Bay setup now. Tampa Bay can put their fourth line almost against anyone. And when you can't, it's going to be very tough in seven games. Montreal might have that issue against the league. If that fourth line can play that well. Mike Babcock said it. Who do I? What fourth line do I take out? Lindholm is your PKer. Mm-hmm. On the penalty kill, you got Gochi, draws, big body, smart out there, playing the best hockey of the season. Yeah, he's played really well. And then you've got Janssen. If you haven't heard of who he or is. Connor Brown. <laughs> he 
He whoever. did. He that, did. He did. He didn't get switched up. Yeah, for sure. That'd be my guy you out. noticed that, huh, Jeff? That he came in and out of the the Ranger game. Wow. You. I mean, he's. But he's. You know, he is. Uh, he's Mike's guy. So I mean, that's not gonna. I. I don't listen. I, it's great that Tyler Rance is coming back, but if I, I don't want, I like. What I don't. The only thing I don't like right now is the power play and screwing around with your fourth line. To me, isn't going to impact that. So I leave things the way they are. If Tyler has, if Tyler Ennis was a more called upon penalty killer, he would be in for Lindholm. For Lindholm. Yeah, no questions asked right now. Yep, because yeah, Tyler Ennis point. has played very well, and Janssen on the fourth line, I'm still, well, not, it, I'm not happy about it. it well, <laughs> it, why not? Like, and this is outside the box a little, but like, if you're looking to make moves. Wouldn't that be a guy you'd be considering for to get some? If you're going for it this year, his trade value's never been higher than right now. Let me just uh, interrupt for a minute. It's, the weather's crappy outside. I guess here's some good news if you're a Leafs fan. Uh, Chris Johnson reporting this. The general manager, Don Sweeney, has uh, just said that David Pasternak underwent a procedure on his left thumb. He'll be out for the next two weeks and then will be reevaluated. So... Uh, whatever hurts the Bruins, if you operate under, operate under the assumption that whatever hurts the Bruins benefits the Leafs, there's something to uh, there's something to stick away. So sorry, just there, kidding. I just wanted to. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the brute that first line? It's like they're, tonight, they they carry the team. They're yeah, well, yeah. You look at the Avalanche, and you've got their top line, and they have three wins in 21 games, and everyone eight of saying, nine since beating. They've lost eight of nine since. Be- Beating Toronto 6-3 here. So wow. everyone says, well, you always talk about having one good line, carrying your team into the playoffs and doing damage. Why did the Boston Bruins be able to do it and that Colorado Avalanche can't? And it's that first line, the Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchant. It's, it filters through the everything they do. It's contagious on their team. Their work ethic and practice the culture they've established in Boston. You hear players that talk that play with them talk about it. They don't have it in Colorado. And I don't know those three players in in Colorado, but for some reason the Avalanche just can't they can't do it. Well, and, it goes back to Bergeron's and Chara's leadership. You know, I I know uh one one of my good friends Dan Pye was in Boston for a while and and we used to talk about you know, he used to tell me about his team, and he, he would just tell me things about Bergeron and Chara and how, how great of leaders they are in the room and how everybody looks up to them and all they do is work hard and guys are trying to work harder than them. They set a great example. So I think that's, you know, that you're talking about culture, where it starts. I mean, it starts with your leaders, and if you have two great leaders like that, it's amazing. If you're interested, by the way, this is how Pasternak hurt himself. This is from the Bruins account. Yeah. He and several of his teammates attended a sponsorship dinner, you're both smiling, on Sunday night. At about 11.30, while walking to his transportation, Pasternak fell and injured his thumb. Slipped on ice? I don't know. He fell and injured his thumb. Is that like the Dustin Johnson on uh, the PGA Tour when he fell down the stairs at the, and he couldn't finish? Uh, there's somebody else hurt themselves in, in, a, in a... Dustin Johnson there was... there a dumpster dive incident where somebody was... I have Dustin shickered and uh, no, no. injured themselves. Dumpster die. I got to take a look at that. The Dustin Johnson on the tour on the PGA tour, he apparently slipped right and couldn't play in a tournament. It might have even been the ma- some big. It was one of the majors, and he couldn't play. Wow. I've seen <laughs> Masters. 
Here we go. I know my golf. Jeff, if you ever talk about golf on the show, which you never do. Yeah, never um, it's, uh, I've seen players go out late night and hurt themselves on a dance floor and then show up at practice and then <laughs> fake the fall. On practice, it was I, like the guy that I was, actually, it was like I, the guy, I, it was like the guy that I actually up. know exactly who you're talking about right now. <laughs> oh, stop! I, I, it. I, Come I, on. I know exactly <laughs> who you're talking about, and I don't want to throw him under the bus, but I played with that guy. It's like the guy who's the guy that put water and ice on the floor at the workplace. Oh, you saw that, yeah, okay. Uh, so, anyhow, well, there you go. That's some, I guess, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate for David Bosch. Yeah, we don't really give a really care do we he'll be back for he'll playoffs back. i mean like, the best doctors and he'll he'll be out for two be weeks the and you know they got yeah, mass yeah. mass mass general there right they've got yeah. like the, the the hospital everybody goes to for those sorts of yeah. things so anyhow um we're gonna take a break and we come back we're gonna talk about that night on january 14th when the avalanche beat the leafs and uh some of you out there nobody in this room i don't think some of you out there were booing jake gardner i mean a lot a lot has changed since that game uh, for both teams. And uh, when we come back with offside, onside, I'll tell you what the most significant change has been since then. So don't go anywhere. It's Lease Morning Skate with DeVoe, Zigamanis, and Blair on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Tim and Sid, so funny, you might pee a little. Luckily, you can listen on the can. Subscribe to the podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Now, back to Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Offside. Well, guys, five minutes each for fighting. Or onside. My goodness. Whose side are you on? Hey, get off my back. All right, let's go. Oh, boy, I've been looking forward to this. Well, not really, but it's Leafs Morning Skate. Uh, it is time <laughs> for Offside really. Onside with yeah. Andre DeVoe You're and Mike Whenever we don't well, hear... Well, just important stuff. You've got some police officers you've got to give shout-outs to, Andre. Go well, ahead, because I'm a big believer in doing that, man. Police want to do something, you go ahead and do it. Well, my well, first of all, my big buddy, Mikey Bourdon from uh, Welland, Ontario. There He's listening with all his boys at the police station right there now. Go. And then i got to say hi to my... My other police officer buddies uh, in the Steelhawks. Got to say hi to all those guys. We are going to have an outing, by the way. Yeah. Probably the Steelhawks and the maybe the real McCoys that we could do. You know what? You should bring Ziggy because they've been after Ziggy to play. So this would be good. They could take Ziggy around Hamilton, show him, you know, the facility and Hess, stuff. And Hess, Hess Village? Yeah. Oh, Hess. What if they what? got, what if they got what? you, what if they oh, got you an all VIP pass to Hess Village? Would, would you Hess play next Village? year? Hess, you know why I said Hess Village yeah. to get his attention. Yeah. Well, I've been, <laughs> I, I've lit up Hess Village a few times. I've been lit up at Hess Village, but I haven't. I live like, oh, you know, yeah. like a ten minute walk from it. Oh, that's dangerous. That's man. not by accident. Like, you live ten now minutes it's full from Hess of hot Village. Shops and everything like that. <laughs> Anyhow, better. no, you got to go to James Street North or something. But that's a little. I, that's a little kind of artsy for you. I understand. You like the rugged. You like the rugged stuff. You would you would be. I could see you. I don't being mind the artsy stuff. Yeah, look at look at him. He's wearing. I, he's in camel pants right now. You do look like you. You mentioned my pants. You don't mention my top. What do you well, think about this sweater? It's you awful. like the sweater? You look like you should be playing in a band or something. <laughs> a bad I do band. Pa- I do play instruments. I play the piano. I play the tenor sax. Oh, I stop play guitar. It. I do. I was in. T- I, I played tenor sax in high school band. That's not something Straight you brag golf. about, Ziggy. That's. <laughs> You're losing all your cred. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Street let's credit go. zero. All right. For yeah, Ziggy. let's go. We got we've got uh, offside onside here. So we talked about the last time the Leafs and the, Ava- the Leafs and Avalanche are playing tonight. By the way, the last time they met met January fourteenth at Scotiabank Arena, it was six three for the Avalanche. Of course, Jake Gardner was booed during that game. His teammates stood up and defended him. A lot has changed since then for the Avalanche. They've lost eight of nine. They're no longer the best. One of the best stories in the NHL. The Leafs. I mean, the Leafs are, I wouldn't say it was a turning point, but the Leafs have played better since then. But I'll tell you what else has changed, gentlemen. And it has to do with the acquisition of Jake Muzzin. And by the way, that deal or that game really, I think, was the last straw for Kyle Dubas. That was a game that convinced him we've got to, we've got to add some, 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 some heft at the back end. I'll tell you what else has changed. Since then... I think we're now at the point where we can say that Jake Gardner, with 130% certainty, will not be back with the Leafs next year. And you know why? Travis Dermott. The single biggest winner in the Muzzin trade has been Travis Dermott. You look at his numbers since that trade. He's had 12 shots on goal in six games. That's He had like 80 in the entire season up to that point. It's a plus seven during that time. He's actually getting less ice time than he was getting on a per-game basis than he was getting before the trade. He's got Ron Hainsey with him, obviously. So here's my... I'm saying right now that Travis Dermott has improved his game so much, he's basically pushed Jake Gardner off this team next year. Andre, am I onside or offside? Oh, this pains me because I'm going to have to say you're you're onside. Um, but I... I it's not surprising just because I think that was part of the plan anyway. If you, mm-hmm. just, just numbers-wise, I don't think they could fit Gardner in, in unless he takes, you know, basically what he's making. But I, I'm I, saying I, I don't even want him back. I'd rather have Travis. I, I, I think Travis Dermott gives you what Jake Gardner gives you, and I think he can be better. See, no, I disagree with that. I think Jake Gardner's an offensive defenseman. I think he. I think if you were to put him with somebody that just plays defense it'd be it'd go a lot better for him and I think that's what you're seeing Travis Dermott benefit right now he's playing more offensive because he's playing with a guy like Hainsey who who's Hainsey's a stay-at-home defenseman doesn't do mm-hmm. much else so uh when when you have a guy like that who you know is going to stay at home you could take more offensive so I've gone chances. from being onside to offside right well you're you're usually Maybe offside I I, you're, you're a little bit more exaggerated. onside yeah okay yeah. so it was a close we had to go to the it was a close call Ziggy Manis, I know. Why do I even ask you? Tell me why I'm offside. <laughs> You're offside because. Okay, there we go. I, My goodness. <laughs> I I like what Dermot's done this year, and he's played. He's exceeded expectations. We better pray that if the Toronto Maple Leaf management offers Gardner a contract, and I like the five million dollar number, that he signs it. So stop booing him, because we need him. Don't need him. He's, we don't do, need him. Don't I didn't interrupt him. either of you. Yeah, but that's because you're, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm wrong. <laughs> there you go. They have every sound bite from the whole year. In Only from studio. you. Yeah. <laughs> Only from Ziggy. And they need Gardner back. Is it going to happen? I'm still 50-50 on it because his value is higher than five. But I do know that he likes it here. The whole booing thing. Definitely affected him. He's not going to talk about it, but he's not happy about it. Well, nobody would be happy with that. Let's Let me get honest. back to Dermot now. Okay. He's not playing as much, but his Corsi scores are great. And I do... <laughs> what? I, 
No, I'm just letting you know what I like yeah. about him. He directs a lot of pucks towards the net, and it's yep. it's good for this team because this is a pass-first team. When you talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, we're not a shoot-first team. Mm-hmm. When Dermott's on the point, he directs pucks to the net. I like that part of his game. He does have more offensive upside than we've seen. Mm-hmm. And now if you get Hainsey with him, he's going to be a little bit more free to add to join the rush. He's going to get a little bit more offensive. I can see in his game. He's joining more. He's skiing with the puck more. But he's not as talented as Jake Gardner. He's, he's not. not as offensive. They're, he's, they're, two, they're two different. The, the, Dermot's more, uh, better at probably both and defense and offense. Player. I think he's a smarter but player. Gardner, but Gardner's the way more offensive player mm. by, by far. I agree. And here's the problem going forward. With the cap space that they're going to have going forward after signing Marner, mm-hmm. the Leafs are going to need Dermott to develop and get into that Gardner role. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to have to open up his game if they want this defense core to have some kind of offense to them. And Gardner supplies that right now. See, I think you know, we had Michael Trakos of Post Media on at the start of the show, and he and he made the prediction, and I tend to agree with it, that whenever this season ends this year in the playoffs, by the time it ends, Hainsey and Dermott are going to be the Leafs' number two defense pairing. Hainsey and Dermott? I I'm not sold. Know, I'm not sold on so. Hainsey. I but how about this? I do like him. I like him in this lineup. I like him playing with Riley. He takes a lot of heat for it. The analytics say he's terrible. At least, and you're talking I, about Muzzin and I'm, uh, Haynes before. Like I'm just oh, saying, I'm Haynes, yeah, yeah. Right. Haynes, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I like him My in bad. that role. My I bad. like him with Dermot. Um, and he brings a lot to this team that numbers don't show. And I do like all your stats, but there's more to this game than Corsi scores. And stats, and I, he he I, brings that to your team. I just have to say, I was playing in the NHL alumni game in uh, in Leamington, and got, it was interesting hearing some of the older guys talk about Corsi and how much how much they how stupid they think it is. Yeah, but that's the same <laughs> in every sport. I mean, everybody thinks that every, every you know what everybody I, thinks numbers I, are stupid. I sat with Brian Burke for three hours at the Marley game Sunday, and we discussed just about everything with the game and. Corsi score and stats came up and he's a guy from a time where stats weren't that big of a deal. And even when it wasn't talked about, he said it was, it, it was part of the process yeah. when they were picking players. And, and that was, uh, it was great to hear, but he's on board with me where it's maybe the third or fourth thing you do. It, you know, there's an, there's the eye test to a player. What does he bring to your team when you're watching? Yeah, I, th- I think there's too many intangibles in hockey. How creative is a guy? How do you, how do you measure that? How do you measure your vision on the ice? Of course he doesn't tell you anything like that. You know, uh, it, what if a guy makes the right play 10 times, but it causes a turnover? That happens in hockey. You know, like, uh, I, I don't... I mean, I, I, think I think there's some games, guys, you know, and I mean, I'm, because we had this argument in baseball, there's some games where I think analytics... You can make analytics work for you, but I think there are some games that, because of the way they're played, you know, hockey's so much a game of flow. And, the, and analytics, I think, can help you put together a team. I don't think once the season starts, analytics can necessarily help you as much because who the hell knows what happened? I mean, you, did analytics, would analytics have predicted uh, the Rangers 4-1 win? The 50 shots? No. I mean, look at the Florida Panthers. But, but other sports, a sport like baseball, 
And yeah. I think this thing, analytics can help you build a team. It can help you manage a game. It's a different game, though, because in that game, the defense has possession of the ball. It's different. And we're not talking about it's not a reactive game the way hockey is. I kind and, of agree with you in that. I think it'll take a while for the same thing happened in baseball. Everybody got carried away with stats. And about five years into the process, you started to hear people say, you know what? These stats, they're garbage. These newfangled stats, the, they're garbage. These ones are really good. These ones make more sense. Hockey's going to see that as well. Baseball is more stats-based than hockey. I don't think that's disputed. When you're looking at baseball, it's between two players at the end of Fair the enough. day. Fair enough. Yep. It's pitcher yep. versus batter. What are your variables in hockey? You've got five players versus five players. Mm -hmm. You've got a coaching staff on each bench bench that is responsible for putting different players on. There's You're another on variable. Ice, for God's sake. Yeah, You're on ice. You have yeah. boards. You don't know how the puck's yeah, coming yeah. off the board. So well, I, I agree but, with you about But that. more importantly, in hockey, who are you playing against? Uh, your your course is going to be way better if you're playing against the team's fourth line uh, 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 compared to the team's first yeah. line. But, but it, you know, maybe you're shutting down that first line, you know? So I, I just think, uh, you know, I, I think Corsi is used to justify a lot of things. And a lot of times uh, it's used to, to you know, to, to make sense out of sometimes things that people don't necessarily completely well, understand. The other and, thing, you know, numbers, numbers can be used to justify preconceived, exactly. yeah. preconceived notions. Yeah, like I if I that. think yeah. you're this type of hockey player, Ziggy Manis, I can probably structure numbers to prove that point. And I'm going to add to your point how you said the Ranger game. Toronto outshoots them, outchances them, they lose. What do you have in hockey that you don't have in any other sport? Your goaltender can steal any game, and I don't care how many shots you have. Yeah. I don't care what your scoring chances are. I don't care about your penalties taken. I don't care about if you out us in the face-off circle. No. I don't care about any of that. You used the the word. I will here here here's here's how I will put it. In baseball, your pitcher wins or loses a game for you. Yeah. Football, your quarterback wins or loses a game for you. There's only one sport where one athlete can steal win a win. The game. And that to me is hockey. Yeah. It's the 100%. only sport where one guy, your goaltender, can steal a win. We were the year before we won the Calder Cup in Chicago, we had a better team and we ran into in the semifinals, we were playing Hamilton. We ran into Carey Price. And we yeah. were we were the way better team. But uh he was stopping seventy shots a game. Seventy. Yeah. You know? So what do you do? Um so what do you what do you need to see from the Leafs tonight? After that, you know, back to back games, the OT win in Montreal, then that loss in, in to the Rangers where they threw everything at the goalie. What do they need to do tonight against against Colorado? You know, Colorado's a bigger team; they're going to try to out hit you. Um, what do you do if you're the Leafs, Sigmanis? Just no panic button. No panic button in the room, getting ready for the game. No panic button on the power play. Stop with the meetings and play. This is a good group of players. They've had a good season to this point. You're playing against a team that has one of their wins in the last 21 games against you. They have to come out and and worry about themselves, not about what the, the Avalanche do. And when they get the lead tonight, I hope they learn from the last game they played in Toronto. They get up to... Do not let off. And that's been an issue this year yeah. with getting the lead, feeling good about themselves, and then 
They let off the gas pedal. Yeah. Don't let off. Sure. That's that's let's see if 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 they learned anything from playing these guys. Yeah, um, I would like to to see them come out, you know, same way they did against not not the first shift of the Rangers, but play this kind of the same, take that mentality and get pucks to the net. If you get if you get 50 shots on tonight, you're going to 40, 50 shots, you're, you're going to win 100% against here, Colorado. Here's one thing I'd like, and we've talked about this, and I've been very vocal about it. Who's going to be the guy to get the Leafs on the board tonight? It might be a big hit, but I think it's going to be more of the first goal. You, you you win in Montreal, you play a good game, then you play well in the against the Rangers, but your power play is not going. The coaches are arguing on the bench. Everything's not going well for them right now. I'm going to make a bold call. But who's who's going to step up? This is your leadership. Who is the guy? I think Austin Matthews tonight. I hope it's him too. I didn't wear his jersey today, but I will have it next week when I come on. If I'm did invited you, back. Did, eh, just a did, gut, gut call. I think Jeff, Austin Matthews has. Did Jeff and I get jerseys? Did you get off your wallet, buy us some? There might be one for Jeff. I do. I didn't know your, I didn't know your size. <laughs> oh, I don't know if and, Oh, yeah, and you oh. knew my size, right? Triple XL, yeah. <laughs> they have the one triple XL back. Oh, same, to, same toe drag. Ziggy. Yeah, it's the same thing when you go out for dinner with the guy. I Alligator's arm. I can't, can't wear. Can't, can't reach for I his I can't wallet. wear a jersey with another dude's name in the back. I'm sorry. No, can't do it? I'm 58 years old. So if I okay, I'll cancel that DeVoe jersey. I got you. See, I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. That would be making a statement. That would be making a statement. I'd wear a Zigamanis jersey. I'd wear that. Would be making no, a see, statement. No, see, I'd wear. I'd like wear a, 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 a guy playing now. No, I wouldn't wear his jersey. I'd wear a Ziggy jersey if it was a Kingston Frontenac one when Ziggy was like. How about a San, San Antonio Rampage? No, uh, I'll tell was, you what, the Kingston Frontenac place. jerseys are sweet. Yeah. That's they what, have always that logo. They have always been sweet. That's when Ziggy was like the man. Like Ziggy was. You, said, you mean the you mean the mayor? No. <laughs> Ziggy was the the AM thirty when when he or thirty four AM thirty four when uh when Ziggy was you put in, the king in Kingston oh, right. He was yeah. <laughs> On or that note, did you put the stun in Kingston? <laughs> uh, Princess Street, yeah. I miss you. <laughs> More than Hess Village. Not the Hess Village thing, man. Hey, I love I love the Steel City. I love oh, playing I love against it. You guys should come out. We hey, are going to come out. Steel, We're going to have a boys' night out. Steelhawks have a big game. This it's a big game for us. Come Maybe out. Maybe go down I'll, to the ship for a I'll couple of pops. I'll probably get you know if, if I have a bad night, I'll get two points. If I have a good night, I'll get four. You know and prediction tonight. Austin Matthews comes out. Gets them on the board first. I said they that win, already. They win. 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 Six two, six three. Uh. Anderson stands on his head. The power play is going to get going, and the goat and Lindholm are both going to be in on a couple. I got a uh, prediction. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. They win three one tonight. Freddie makes about forty one saves. You yeah. think the air is going to get to them? The thin air. And, and the Leafs go uh, two for four in the power play. No, the tonight. Leafs that's... go zero for five in the power play. And we'll be talking about it again Wednesday. <laughs> I just, I'm cheering for the story. I'm cheering for whatever makes it easier for me to do my job. I admit it. I admit it. Got 12 seconds. You got something witty to say? It's not, it's not Hockey Central at noon. I'm just hoping my car is not buried on the street right now. <laughs> when do I get a parking pass for underneath the building? We'll deal with that. <laughs> Hockey Central at noon is next.